traveling the world searching for equestrians of all breeds. The journey starts now on the International Equine Network. From the International Equine Network saying, how do, how do you do what you do? you got to call in and let us know at 323-744-4828 and we'll answer any and all of your equine questions. Uh, we've got a great show today. It's going to be um, uh, a lot of information uh, out today. There's so many things going in uh, the equestrian world. It's just getting crazy. I just realized uh, this morning, talking with one of our riders here, that the uh, the equestrian season at uh, the Wellington in Wellington, Florida, at the um, Winter Equestrian Fe- uh, Festival, is half over. Our winter season is half over already. You know, people are starting to talk about uh, going back to Kentucky and New York and back to California and, you know, um, all the different places. And this is not only the show horse people. This is the standard breads, the um, uh, thoroughbreds, uh, all breeds. You know, they're getting ready to head up for their summer um, schedule. And it's going to be interesting, you know, to see how these last uh, six or seven weeks go with us down here and, and everything, uh, equine. It's going to be interesting. Uh, remember, at the International Equine Network, um, we have the International Equine Report. We have Chucker, which is our polo show, At the Wire for Thoroughbreds, Quest for Equine Gold for um, show horses, Flying Turns for Standard Breads, uh, Last Call for our sales, and we have other uh, programming that will be available um, on a weekly basis, such as movies and documentaries and um, camping world, uh, uh, things that uh, we do with camping world, uh, it's really going to be exciting, you know, for the rest of the winter here. Just a quick note here, um, the South Florida, um, hunter jumper association just released their schedule, uh, coming out, um, that, that they're going to have for the rest of the year. Um, and, and it's quite interesting to see, uh, some of the programs that they're going to have. Uh, you know, and I, I was just really amazed uh, with them coming up to uh, uh, see just how big this organization has grown. Um, to, uh, 225 this weekend um, is the Ridge uh, Horse Show uh, here in South Florida. Uh, go to South Florida Hunter Jumpers Association, uh, and they, they'll tell you exactly what time and where to be. Uh, really, really good uh, local horse shows that they have here. Uh, we, we got to talking how fast this season goes, and it just seems like the the um, Breeders' Cup was just here, which was last November, but it's gone so fast and so quick, uh, you know that um, you know you kind of forget and, and look forward uh, to the horse shows and horse racing and what have you coming up, and it creeps up on you. Uh, the Breeders' Cup is going to return to Del Mar in 2024. It's an uh, unbelievable Del Mar. I'm telling you, if you ever want to go on a good vacation, uh, this is the time to go. Go out to Del Mar uh, for the Breeders' Cup. Uh, I was just saying the other day that we need more facilities and more uh, organized uh, uh, programs uh, like the Breeders' Cup and, and like they have at Del Mar. 
Uh, Del Mar is just unbelievable. It's great for the fans. Um, it's uh, in California. It's a Hollywood type thing, and and they show it every time they race out there. It's just un- unreal what they do and how they do it. Um, I was excited to uh, uh, be a part of that at one time, and it was very very interesting. Um, this year it's going to be November first and second uh, at Del Mar. Uh, the World Championships uh, consists of 14 grade, ra- grade one races with purses and awards totaling more than $31 million. And it draws the best horses from around the world. Uh, it's, a, and it's an amazing show. So uh, check out Delmar in the Breeders' Cup uh, for your uh, vacation, which would really be uh, good for the whole family. You get out in Hollywood, see all them Hollywood stars. Um, speaking about Santa Anita, uh, hopefully this uh, will be good weather, uh, you know, at Del Mar. But at Santa Anita uh, this weekend, uh, Santa Anita cancels weekend card due to heavy rain. Uh, they're expecting a lot of rain at Santa Anita over the next uh, few days and, and the wind and everything. And so they decided it was best interest of the horses in racing would be to cancel uh, the racing. Uh, it's going to be... Uh, uh, a real tough one, and and what they're doing is they're moving uh, the stake races, uh, like the Santa Yesbel uh, um, on the road to the Kentucky Oaks. Uh, the, uh, they're moving it, moving it to the next weekend. And like we were talking about before, uh, about uh, trying to get your horses trained and ready for everything that's going on. These are some of the things that you don't expect. You can't put down on paper, you know, that this is going to happen this weekend. Uh, the horses that are getting ready for the Derby, um, you know, out there, they're going to miss a weekend of racing, and it's going to be really, really, uh, you know, uh, uh, tough to change your, your schedules, you know, getting your horses in and out, uh, you know, to, to get on the road to the Kentucky Derby. Um, and I tell you, you just never can tell what's going to happen. Uh, you know, in the horse business, whether you're showing, racing, selling, or what have you, um, weather conditions, uh, transportation conditions, um, you know, just the over, uh, overall uh, wellness of the horse, uh, these things come up and you got to learn to, uh, you know, uh, adjust to it. So that, that's uh, something that uh, we're going to talk about later on about the uh, road to the derby. Um, FS2, uh, the Fox Sport Network uh, coverage of the Saudi uh, Cup races, uh, highlights the TV schedule this week. Um, on the 24th, uh, tomorrow, um, they have America's Day at the races. Uh, you'll see uh, live coverage from uh, Dubai, Saudi Arabia, uh, international, good international program. We um, have that on FanDuel TV. We have it on Fox Sports 1 and 2 on the 24th. Uh, Racetrack Television Network uh, will have live coverage of horse racing uh, also on the 24th. Um, the 25th, we have America's Day at the Races uh, featuring live races from uh, broadcast the Saudi Cup. And it's gonna, they do a real good job with that. They do a real good job with that. And then we have FanDuel TV, which is the old TVG. We have uh, RTN, or Racetrack Television Network. Uh, which is which is right there. We have Fox Sports One. Um, yeah, we've got plenty of coverage of it now, and that's what it's all about in the horse business. Is 
being able to cover, you know, the business uh, from the television standpoint. Um, so, you know, tune in for that. Uh, another little uh, news tidbit here is to show you how the business is doing very well. It says over $17 million uh, awarded to Kentucky breeders for the 22, uh, 2022 earnings. Um, what, what happens is you uh, get involved with the Kentucky uh, Thoroughbred Breeders Incentive Fund um, and to keep mares and foals in the state of Kentucky. And uh, it's a $1 billion industry uh, in Kentucky. It provides more than 60,000 jobs for hardworking Kentuckians. Nine of the top 10 earners in the U.S. in 2022 were bred in Kentucky. And another look at the stats show that in 2022, um, Kentucky breads won 69% of all graded stakes races in the U.S. They won 78% of the grade ones in the U.S. And so that just tells you how strong the breeding program is here, uh, you know, is in Kentucky. And that's what they're trying to, um, you know, get across to, uh, you know, the, the horse people. And, and it's really it's really a good deal, you know, to do that. Uh, you know, to get into those programs. And that's why uh, people are making the money that they're making, uh, you know, that they have. Um, 2023 uh, Florida bred racing incentives uh, uh, go to a total of 1.75 million uh, that, that they'll be uh, put out to them this year. Uh, they, they have a total of 450,000 in bonuses to Florida bred two-year-old maiden winners. Uh, the 2023 Florida State Series to be run uh, for the 10th consecutive year offers $1.2 million, uh, and it'll be raced at Gulfstream this year. So it, it just goes to show you that the money is in the business. Uh, it, it's all here. Um, you know, and that's why it pays to, uh, you know, uh, race the state bread races, you know, throughout the country. Um, you know, I, I was just, Thinking years ago, uh, the Florida uh, Stallion Stakes Series, the Desert Vexen went was fifty thousand. Uh, you know, now it's a hundred thousand. Uh, the Susan's Girl Stakes was, uh, uh, you know, seventy five thousand. Now it's two hundred thousand. Uh, the My Dear Girl Stakes, uh, you know, and the In Reality Stakes were a hundred thousand. Now they're three hundred thousand. So it just goes to show you that the, that the market, is, is, you know, is good for, you know, the whole, people in the horse business. And in fact, um, one of the good things that happened to me over the weekend is I'm involved in a syndicate with um, um, with two horses. And the one horse that I had uh, have an interest in, and she went uh, at Gulfstream on Saturday in the sixth race. It was a maiden special weight on, on the turf. And she won, so that that was good. That was uh, balletic. Uh, really, uh, we we kind of knew that she was doing good because she really likes the grass and not the dirt. So she came along good. And then another horse that I'm involved with um, uh, is Ironworks. Uh, he had a good work. Uh, he worked along with uh, Forte, which is uh, Forte is uh, the number two uh, horse in. Uh, the Derby ratings this year. 
number one, number two goes back and forth. So they both had a good work, and they're looking to, to run uh, a week from Saturday um, at uh, Gulfstream Park. Uh, I don't know what uh, Ironworks is going to run, uh, which race he's going to run in, but um, we know that Forte is going for the Fountain of Youth. So that, that's another derby point getter there for, for the derby this year. So that, that's um, – uh, that's kind of exciting, you know, to get involved with these horses like that. Uh, you know, I, I just, I don't know what to say. <laughs> say, you know, I just, I've done a little bit of everything in the business and really like it. So, you know, it's just kind of uh, good to do. Uh, I'm really liking it. Uh, you know, who knows? I might be, um, come, uh, uh, Jim Israel, uh, owner of the NFL, app, uh, Indianapolis Colts, um, Renowned collector of pop culture and American history memorabilia has acquired the saddle on Secretariat when he won the American Triple Crown 50 years ago. And, you know, it just goes, it gets crazy. People, you know, they're, they're always trying to get the horseshoes off of the horse or they run or, uh, you know, a saddle or a saddle towel, a bridle, halter, you know, what have you. Um, it, it, it's amazing, you know, to see just some of the things that, uh, that, you know, go up for sale out of the horse business. And again, it all keeps the horse business going. It, it, it's just a, a great thing, uh, to do, um, is to get that memorabilia, uh, you know, whether it's a horseshoe or what have you. Now, me, for example, um, I've traveled all over the world to, um, a lot of countries and, and been to a lot of racetracks. And so every racetrack that I went to, um, I took a little, um, uh, it's about the size of a small medicine bottle. And I took uh, dirt from the, um, finish line of every track that I've ever been to. And I, I see so that's the kind of things that I collect. Uh, you know, some people uh, got a lot of money and they collect like saddles from secretariat or, you know, um, uh, you know, shoes, uh, what have you. And also, it's it's pretty cool, you know, to to do that, get a good hobby, you know, to to do, and everything. So, um, we got a good sale coming up here in Keeneland on April the 30th. It's uh, the Keeneland's horses uh, horses of racing age sale set for set April 30th. It's coming up. Uh, it, it's it's a real good book. Um, it's going to start on Sunday, uh, uh, April uh, April 30th at 4 p.m. And what I like about this sale is it's the week of, it was Derby week, and Derby uh, festivities in the last 10 days and go right on through up to Sunday after the Derby. But this is a, a good sale. It's April 30th, and, and it's at Keeneland Racetrack, and you can go down and you can watch and take a look and see the horses that are being sold. And uh, literally, you can buy a horse out of this sale that could uh, run the next week somewhere. And this sale's become real popular, uh, being that close to Derby. It's the uh, closing days of Keeneland, uh, and then Churchill will be open. And, you know, you can really get involved in it. And what I like about it, it's free to go to. Uh, you can go over there. You can pick up a catalog at the door, and you can see where these horses are, uh, who's buying them, and how much they're paying for them. And, you know, it's really fun to do. Uh, you don't have to have to have a lot of knowledge, but at least to have the book and you know and be there and be a part of it, 
you know, uh, it, it leads to other things. Uh, you know, going to the races, going to the, to the uh, uh, shows, uh, going to the sales, uh, anything to do with the thoroughbred. It's, it's a good time to go. Uh, it's April 30th at uh, 4 p.m. Uh, at uh, Keeneland. So that, that'll that'll be good. I think everybody will like it. Uh, I know I, I would like it very much. So, you know, so I tell you, there's just so much that we got to do in our business, not enough time to do it. Uh, not enough time to uh, get everything done. Uh, the Horseshoe uh, in Indianapolis, um, they've redone the track. They've restructured the, the, the track. Um, it's really a nice place to go. They got a nice casino there. Uh, you're right there in Indianapolis. Um, they're they're offering 4.75 million in purses uh, this year. Uh, I, I was uh, seeing this place really come along a long way. Um, the stake schedule has been set for the 2023 racing season at uh, Horseshoe, Indianapolis. A total of 4.75 million will be dispersed over 38 events led by the July 8, $300,000 Indiana Derby. Uh, the Indiana Derby and the Indiana Oaks grade threes will be part of the $1.1 million uh, uh, eight stake races lineup on that, on, uh, the, that date. So that ought to be pretty good. It should be. I hope it is. It's so joining the Derby and Oaks um, this year. It's a $100,000 Michael Schaefer Memorial, the $100,000 Marie Holman uh, George uh, Memorial, uh, both listed events. All four turf stakes are on the card will be led by the $100,000 um, Indiana General Assembly, the $100,000 Jonathan B. Schuster Memorial, $100,000 Snack Stakes, and $100,000 Allen's Lucky Star Stakes. Um, they've got a great program uh, there in Indiana. It's a great facility, easy to get to, uh, a lot of good things here. They've got good food. Um, they've got everything and anything that you could think of. Uh, you know, they're kind of like uh, uh, we are here. We're trying to get every all the bases covered here with us. Uh, you know, they go everywhere. And all the things that we talk about here in the International Equine Report cover everything. And like, for example, like uh, uh, BBS radio uh, and TV broadcasts, and they're streamed directly to stations to over 37 countries, which includes some of the following countries such as France, Germany, Ireland, South Africa, Spain, Sweden, and the United Kingdom. And they, co they cover it all. And that's what we're trying to do here at IEN is get into a situation or a position to where we cover everything with one click, you know, uh, like like going to BBS radio and TV. They got all kinds of music. They got all kinds of video. They got, you name it, they got talk shows. They got, you name it, they've got it. And that's what, that's what we like to associate ourselves with or people and companies that, um, you know, can do everything. And that's what is important in the horse business is to concentrate everything down into one uh, area to where you can uh, not have to be running all over creation to get it. And, and for example, like the people that uh, I'm working with here in several different companies have really uh, helped us out a lot. And, and, and you wouldn't believe how much time I save. 
by going to companies uh, like like we're talking about. Um, I go to um, a company called Ship.com. They ship to anywhere in the country you're at. You just put in the zip code. They tell you what um, uh, state uh, products they have, like uh, Target, uh, Kroger's, Menards. Um, they have er- any and everything uh, that you could possibly think of. Uh, Office Depot, uh, Bed Bath and Beyond, uh, Walgreens. Uh, uh, CVS, uh, you name it, they've got it. And, and once you uh, get with them and open you up an account, uh, they'll deliver to whatever address you're at, whether it's a hotel, uh, the showgrounds, the racetrack, uh, the camping grounds. Um, you know, they, they send you everywhere. Uh, you know, they'll get, get it to you, and usually within two hours. Uh, it's pretty good. Um, we, uh, we like... Uh, ship because we like to eat. We like to get the things that we need and we get it within two hours. You don't have to spend time in your car. You don't have to waste gas. You don't have to do nothing because they take care of you right there. So, you know, those are the kind of things that we do here. Um, You know, if we had um, uh, some exciting news uh, in the thoroughbred business, which, and I know this gentleman very, very well. He's a great person. Um, it's Steve Asmussen. Um, he won his 10,000th North American win. Uh, it, it was uh, uh, something, a sight to behold. Can you imagine figuring at 10,000 wins, how long it would take you to get that done? And uh, he sure has. He was a really good um I was just amazed, you know, that it happened so quick for him. He's only 57 years old. Uh, his first victory was in uh, 1986 at Rio Downs in New Mexico. And um, uh, it was with a horse called Victory's Halo. Uh, that was the only victory in 1986 that he had out of 15 starts. So, you know, it started... Um, it started rolling after that, you know, to catch up to 10,000, you know, in such a short period of time, you know, like he did. Um, I tell you, it's, it's going to be close. It's going to be hard for somebody to beat that because Steve's still got a lot of years left in him to, to add to that. Uh, you know, he's just 57 years old. And, and he, you know, uh, if, he, if he works another, another you know, 15, 20 years to think what he could add to that and everything. That would be a good Las Vegas bet. How many will Steve ask me to win before he retires? You know, so let's see that. Um, Prairie Meadows releases their 2023 state schedule. Uh, they, got a good, they got a good program out in Prairie Meadows. Uh, it's, it's, uh, I tell you, it's, it's the Midwest is, Churchill Downs, I would say. Uh, it's really a good good track. Uh, they've got the Iowa Derby, the Iowa Oaks up there. Um, you know, it's a beautiful track there, uh, right off the interstate. Uh, it's just unbelievable, you know, all these things that you see uh, in the horse business and, and really don't think about until you start seeing these press releases out here. Um, you know, Prairie Meadows uh, uh, has has one of the greatest stake schedules 
that I've seen for a small track. Um, the state schedule is for thoroughbreds and quarter horse, quarter horses. Uh, it's it's uh, going to be live, Prairie Meadows uh, 2023. Uh, it will begin May 12th. It will conclude September 30th. The final race day of the season will feature the Iowa Classic event, which which all Iowa and all Iowa bred uh, race cars. Uh, you know, so it, it's it's going to be good uh, that they have there. It's a good summer meet. Um, Iowa's not a bad place to be in the summertime with your horses. We've raced a lot of horses there, and uh, you know it's very very uh, uh, homey. That's the way it feels like you're at home. You don't feel like you're uh, at a racetrack. It's really uh, a time to relax and have a good time. Um, I tell you, July 8th is when they have the uh, Iowa Derby. Um, That will be 250,000 guaranteed. They have the Iowa Oaks, which is $225,000 guaranteed. And uh, it's it's really really going to be good. They have the Prairie Meadows Cornhusker Handicap, which is three hundred thousand uh, dollars. So they've got a good weekend. Uh, that's July eighth uh, to be in. nothing like being in Iowa in the summertime and getting some good old corn on the cob and some good food. And it's really a great place to be, you know, in, in the summertime. Um, we've got the Rebel Race, uh, the Rebel Stakes coming up uh, uh, for the Kentucky Derby uh, points uh, this weekend. That's the only points uh, race that we have this weekend. Um, it's going to be interesting to see uh, how how this uh, comes up. Um, you know, I, I was really surprised to see how the horses are splitting up now, where they're going to go and how they're going to go. And, um, you know, the, the whole thing uh, with Bob Baffert has kind of got everybody in a, you know, what to do, what to do, what to do. Uh, Bob has to have his horses transferred over to um, other trainers in order to run in this year's Kentucky Derby. And, you know, I, I feel I feel bad for the owners. I feel bad for Bob. I feel bad for the industry as a whole because what happens when you have a situation like this, um, you know, it, it's, it's the horse that actually gets all, you know, uh, gets the short end of the deal. And the reason I say that is, is because the races that you compete in are the races that determine the value of your horse. Uh, for the breeding season, for sales, or, you know, what have you. But that determines the value of your horse. And if Bob if Bob has to have the horses in hands of other trainers, and I can't say that, you know, this for sure, but you, you hope that he just walks away from them and let the trainer pick up where Bob left off. Highly unlikely. Highly unlikely. And I'll tell you why. Because as soon as the suspension is over for Bob Baffert, those horses will more than likely go back to Bob Baffert. And that's the, that's the sad part about the deal, is that um, the trainers that these horses are going to, 
will literally be a puppet of Bob Baffert. He's still going to have a hand in how they train, what they do, how they do it, uh, you know, the whole nine yards. Even though he physically won't be there with them, you know, he's not supposed to have any contact with them. I can guarantee you right here and now that when those horses leave Bob Baffert's barn, they are going uh, to the new trainer, and that new trainer will probably get a package uh, which includes the training schedule up to the derby. It won't be the trainer that's getting a hand in it. It will, that that training schedule is already preset, and that will be sent along, you know, with the horse as he goes to the new trainer. And, and that I can tell you, and if I'm right. This is the, the test that they'll have to go through. If I'm right, as soon as the, Bob's suspension's over, those horses will go back to Bob. They'll go straight back to him. And if, that is, if that's what's happened, then you know that the training schedule that's already written out for them it will go along with them and will be coming back to Bob when the suspension's over. But only time will tell. Only time will tell. So... Um, I was saying uh, yesterday, just yesterday, who did I think was going to be um, one of the best horses to run this year in the Derby? Um, well, not not only did I say one, but I say two. And I think this is going to be the, the, the neatest part about it. It's the top horses for the Derby. Angel of Empire, uh, which is Brad Cox. He just won. He's got 54 points. Forte uh, for Todd Pletcher earned a million five hundred forty-five thousand. Was a two-year-old of the year and a Breeders' Cup champion winner. And but he hasn't run yet. So then we got Instant Coffee, another Brad uh, Cox horse. He's got 32 points. We have Sun Thunder, Kenny McPeak, 24 points. Two fills, Hard Spun, um, uh, Hard Spun uh, uh, Colt. Uh, with 23, uh, Rocket Can, Billy Mott. I like that horse. He, he's a good horse. Uh, another sh- horse called Hit Show with Brad Cox uh, is, is really nice. Uh, and then the, I think that this year it could be a one-two finish for Todd Pletcher. Not because I'm associated with him and have ho- uh, two horses over there with him. But I'm telling you, this is what I think. He had a horse that came back, uh, it's named Litigate, and Forte uh, are are his two horses. And I'm telling you, these two horses haven't bottomed out yet. And and I've been watching their work schedule on them. And, you know, this work schedule that they're on every Saturday uh, that they work, um, you know, just kind of got me to thinking. You know, that this could be another always dreaming or a super saver to win a derby. Well, either, either one of the horses, Litigate or Forte, because they're consistent with their workouts. And they work on, um, you know, from the starting gate sometimes. Sometimes they work on the, the middle part uh, of their workout, or they work on the beginning or the end of the workout, or the gallop out. And I've noticed that, um, well, they've come in to work like on Saturday, um, for example, 
when they come into work, uh, they're going to work uh, uh, from the uh, half mile pole to the wire. And what I like about that is, is now the horses know that it's time to, you know, race day is coming soon, which will be Saturday, a week from the Saturday in the Fountain of Youth. Well, everybody keeps laughing and laughing, but it's been a pattern that I've seen in the Pletcher Barn. Uh, I've been looking at the works and watching the works, and sure enough, they all have long periods of time uh, between races, uh, if possible, and they all uh, stay to the same work pattern. And I'm thinking that uh, Saturday uh, with the Fountain of Youth, that's going to be a good tune-up for um, Pletcher's horses. And whether they're on the undercard or, you know, in the actual Fountain of Youth, I think it's going to be very interesting to see uh, how they come out. And and then, you know, we've got uh, some good racing coming up here, Uh, some real good racing. Um, Like I said, uh, We've got the um, the Rebel coming up at Oakland uh, on Saturday. Um, it's a three uh, it's a uh, million dollar race. Got the Fountain of Youth coming up the fourth um, of March. The Gotham the fourth of March. The San Felipe the fourth of March. So now, you know, you're getting down to you got to start having the points. You got to have the points. And uh, this uh, a horse. In here, Angel of Empire for Brad Cox. He come up and he went, you know, a race and he got his Derby points up to 54 points. But the interesting thing about uh, Angel of Empire, he's run a lot, uh, an awful lot. And, you know, that that's kind of scary when you see a horse that's run that, that much, you know. It, well, he should be doing what he should be doing. You know, uh, that that's the whole name of uh, the game there is um, – you know, you get a lot of points when you're running a lot of races. And the thing that's got me concerned is I think that uh, Angel uh, of Empire um, has been training too long and too hard over the last year. Uh, that's just my own opinion. Uh, because now he's got to run uh, uh, this week, uh, or hope, well, hopefully in another, another two weeks. Uh, he'll, he'll be running. He's going to have to run two, maybe three times, uh, you know, to to get in the Derby. And, and the, the tough part about it is, is he's got um, he's got 54 points. Now that should be enough points to secure him a spot in the Derby. So you know, Brad's going to have to kind of hunt around and check it around and see uh, uh, who's going where and where they should run him. Uh, because he, you know, he he could use another few points there to keep everybody from behind him catching up. Uh, that that's uh, the Re- the rebel's going to be a great race on Saturday. I'm telling you, it's going to be a good race. And the reason I say that is is because the way the the field drew drew in for for the rebel. Um, I and I tell you. I'm, I'm willing to bet that you're not going to see any horses out of the Rebel come out and go to the uh, to the Kentucky Derby. That's my prediction. It's a good field. It's a quality field. 
Uh, Steve Ashmussen has uh, three horses in there. Uh, Brad Cox has got, uh, let's see, two two horses in the field. And also, uh, I'm sitting here thinking, like, you know, this is a, an 11 horse field. Uh, we've got a gun pilot for Baffert. He's got drew 122 pounds. Verified uh, drew 122 pounds. Um, reincarnate drew 122 pounds. Uh, so you're looking at, you know, it's some weight being added to these horses. And the other horses in the field are carrying 117, 119, 117. And so the thing that um, that I'm trying to say now is that I don't think there's any horses in here coming out going to go to the Derby because the next step will be the Arkansas Derby. And if you got to run the Arkansas Derby, uh, you know, the, the Rebel, the Arkansas Derby, you might really need one more race to get under your belt uh, to get them, uh, you know, into the Derby. Uh, so that's going to be interesting to see how, how this weekend comes out. Uh, with what they're doing. Um, you know, everybody starts looking for the Derby pretty quick. Yeah, we've got the Gotham Stakes that'll be coming up here, um, you know, soon. Uh, and, and we have a, a, a horse in there, undefeated, I'm Clover, targets to Gotham. Uh, so now, now, you know, he's on seriously on the road to the Derby, you know, to see what happens. Um, the Gotham will be March the 4th at Aqueduct, and, and it's a one-turn mile. And, and a lot of times you get these horses that, that it hit a one-turn mile now, and, and, it, and it's tough to run the derby because, um, you know, it, it's, it's literally uh, uh, two huge turns that you've got to go through. And it, it's tough when you throw a horse in there and he's he's never really done a lot of two turn miles as they call them. Um, that's going to be interesting to see what happens soon. How he comes out of the race, what the weather is in New York. Uh, it's going to be uh, uh, one heck of a, a race. Um, you know, I, I'm thinking that a horse uh, like Iron Clover, he was the debut winner at six furlongs on New York on New Year's Eve at in Oakland. Uh, part before shipping to the fairgrounds and a race course and spots. So, you know, he gets down there, he starts doing, you know, pretty good training, pretty good. Um, but yet yeah, it's a whole different track down there. It's a whole different track, uh, you know, there. So we're going to see what happens with him. Uh, you know, when you get back up to the Gotham up there at Aqueduct, it could be rainy and cold. It could be really, you know, really a tough deal you know, for him to get get through up there. And, and now now you're limited on what you can do. So we got the we we've got the um, Rebel and the Fountain of Youth coming up and the Gotham and the San Felipe coming up. Uh, that's on March fourth. And now you're looking at, you know, two months to Derby. And you you hope you have enough points to get where you need to go, you know, and, and get the job done. But now you're getting limited to where you go. And when they start limiting, you know, the races that you can run your horse in, which, you know, thoroughbreds run every four or five weeks, 
um, now that you're limited where you can go, you got to be doggone sure that you're going to get points, you know, and, and hopefully the win points, because if you don't get it, you know, then, then it's all for naught. Then you got to start looking at the preakness. Uh, you know, you got to start looking at, at the preakness because uh, you got the fountain of youth, which is coming up uh, here, you know, on March uh, 4th. And, and I'm telling you, you got to really seriously think who's going to be in the in that race. Um, you know, not, not many people think about that. And what I was saying this morning is that if you've got a horse and you're ready to roll, you got to get up and you got to get it going, and you got to say, okay, the next two months are going to be the hardest two months you'll ever put on this horse. That's what you got to think. How are you going to get it back? You know, how are you going to keep him healthy? How are you going to keep him, um, you know, mind focused? Because, um, you know, like I said, the Derby, you know, it's coming up pretty quick. And then after the Derby, two weeks later, you got the Preakness. And then three weeks after that, you got the Belmont. So, you know, you're talking about a lot of racing here between here and there um, to get your horse ready. For example, if you could run... um, this weekend, like say, we'll take a look at it and say, okay, how about um, we're going to sit here and run the Gotham. You know, we're going to run the Gotham stakes up here. Or let's say the Rebel stakes this week and then the Gotham the next week. Um, okay, you're looking at uh, March the 20th, or February 25th. You're looking at March 25th, April 25th. So you're literally on the doorstep of the Derby. And you need to run your horse two times between now and, and the end of April. And if you can do that, you know, then you're in pretty good shape. But if you run in one of these derby qualifiers and you don't get the points, you know, now you're looking at where are you going to go fishing for other, you know, other races that will be coming up. Uh, you know, we've got the Tampa Bay Derby, the Sunland Derby. Um, then when you get into to the... Uh, uh, final leg of of the series. Uh, you got the uh, Louisiana Derby, UA Der- UAE Derby. Um, you got the Jeff Ruby, the Florida Derby, Arkansas Derby, Bluegrass, Santa Anita Derby, and Wood Memorial. So you've got a lot of races, but people are going to be in the same boat as as you could be in, and have to need those points. So these races are really literally going to be you know, uh, a prelude to, to the Derby. And you could see a lot of horses coming out of those races we just mentioned uh, ready for the Derby this year. And that's what it looks like it's going to be. Uh, Saturday will define a lot of things. The next Saturday define a lot more. And then we get into the March 4th. The March 4th uh, uh, weekend is the weekend that's going to eliminate a lot of horses. It will eliminate a lot of horses. And, uh, you know, I, I tell you, I feel bad for these trainers because now is the time when you have to start thinking, you know, like, okay, we're going to run here between here and, and uh, March the 4th and see what we've got. And if we do good, if we win them, then, you know, we, we could be on the road to Derby. And then um, you got to also desert, decide how much is it going to take out of my horse to run, um, you know, some of these uh, qualifiers or pre-stake races for the Derby? 
um, what's it going to take out of my horse? And you know it's going to be a 20-horse field for the Derby. It's going to be 20 of the best horses in the country you're going to go run against. And and you got to really seriously sit down and say, hey, can I win the Derby with this horse? And if you think you can, then, you know, you run one or two times now, uh, get him fit and, and tune him up for the Derby. And then two weeks later, you got the Preakness. And then three weeks after that, you got the Belmont. And so you got to go to your owners and say, look, you know, we're playing with a, a lot of potential here. But, you know, what is our main goal? Can we win the Derby with a horse against 19 quality top horses? Maybe you can, maybe you can't. So you got to decide that. Then if you decide not to run, catch another smaller race there at uh, at Churchill, uh, you know, Derby Week. And, you know, it's not going to be taxing on him. Um, you know, it's not going to be too tough. And have him take off and uh, run uh, for that position that week. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm very, very apprehensive about uh, some of the um, races that these trainers pick. I think they beat them up too much. Uh, you know, uh, I, I really do. And I don't mean, you know, uh, you know, like fifth beating or anything like that. I mean, you know, the race schedule. Um, you know, uh, if the owner wants to run in the Derby, he pays the bills. And, you know, it's tough to go up there and tell him, you know, Mr. Owner, uh, you don't have a horse that can win the Derby. You know, you, you just don't have that horse that can do that. And, you know, Red Strike last year was a good example. You know, he was run, running claiming races, you know, in, in Kentucky and Ohio. And, um, you know, he just wasn't, uh, you know, a good horse on paper. But yet, you know, everything went his way and he comes up and he wins the Derby, you know, because he had that, he had that luck. And right now, you can't depend on luck to get you to the Derby. You got to depend on exactly what's going through, uh, the windows and, and and what's going through uh, uh, the mind of the horses. And, and, and like I said about the windows, I'm a very firm believer in watching these stake races, uh, not not from a gambling point, but for, well, it is from a gambling point, but I don't gamble. But that tells me a lot because uh, when you see a race coming up, you know, uh, uh, like the Gotham or the, or the uh, Rebel that's coming up, when you see these these races coming along, you start looking at how much money is being wagered on them. If you got like three hundred thousand being uh, uh, put up on uh, Angel of Empire, Forte, Instant Coffee, Sun Thunder, Two Fills, then that means that there's a lot of people and a lot of knowledge uh, betting on the horse because they think he can win. And, you know, they say, you know, two minds are better than one. Well, just think if you go out and you got 100,000 people, you know, that are betting a lot of money on each one of these horses, you know, then that tells you something, you know, that there's some, there could be something there. But it doesn't always hold true to form. Uh, the favorites, you know, don't want all that time, but uh, but they do, you know. And uh, so that's uh, one of the things that we're looking at here. There's just so many things here, uh, you know, for the Derby um, that you have to plan out and look at and go for. 
and it's like our, our quest for equine gold show about show horses. They're in the same boat. They, they do the same thing. They've got to plan out their schedule, where they're going to ride, how long they're going to be there, you know, that type of thing. Uh, the show horses aren't like uh, the thoroughbreds or the trotters where they can ship to a track race and then come back. Uh, whenever you ship a, a show horse somewhere, they're usually there for seven to ten days. And, you know, and that may, that makes it tough on them. But again, you know, you got to go to the shows where you think you're going to win and who's going where. Um, you know, there's a lot to think about, uh, you know, with, with these horses. And so I, I'm trying to tell everybody, everybody, hold off to the last minute, to the very last minute, and then go to, a, uh, go to the internet and see what the horse is all about, and uh, then make your make your own judgment. And that's to the, to the riders, to the um, uh, hot walkers, to the grooms. Uh, there's no really set way in here to see who's going to win the derby. And I, I'm telling you, uh, it's wide open now. Some of the horses that I've seen up here uh, just recently, that, that just blows your mind. You don't think about it. So now I start thinking about them. And I, I look at the top 10 horses. Um, the top 10 is Angel of Empire, Forte, Instant Coffee, Sun, uh, Sun Thunder, uh, Two Fills, Racket Can, uh, Hit Shows, uh, Litigate, Curly Jack, and uh, Blazing Sevens. And <laughs> so I had a dream the other night. And I don't know how, how true this is and, or how it's going to be. But the name of the horse was Litigate. And he ran second uh, to a horse named Two Fills. And I was laughing because uh, Litigate just came out of nowhere from Todd Fletcher. He just, he just all of a sudden, he exploded. And he just come out of nowhere. And I'm sitting here thinking, you know, to myself, like, man, all the stuff I know, where did this horse come from? You know, so it just goes to show you, you, you got to be prepared, you know, for somebody to sneak up on you. And, you know, you got to really start evaluating the situations uh, like we did uh, here at IEN. Um, we do this with all horses. We, we evaluate the situation. And we look at the hurdles that these horses have to uh, literally and figuratively uh, go on over. And now you're saying, oh, my gosh, you know, how are they going to do it? Well, I go back and I look at all the works that they've had going into the race and if they're still consistent and, you know, what track they were at and uh, how long apart the works were and uh, everything. And, and so, you know, now I'm even more confused because I've got a little bit more knowledge. And everything, I think it did better when I didn't know much about, about the horses, um, you know, that type of thing. But this Angel of Empire, he jumps up uh, to uh, number one in the list. And the reason he jumped up is because he was in a couple of races that got him 54 points. Now, um, the uh, second place horse, which is Forte, um, Forte's earned a $1,545,000. And Angel of Empires earned 287000 And so it goes back to like we, what we were talking about on the show uh, a few months ago, um, and, and the money thing. 
you know, uh, he came, uh, Angel Vampire just snuck up there and, and won him a couple of races. And, and you know, he made 287000 you know. And, but, you know, he's not like Forte that turned, uh, you know, uh, 1,540,000 uh, in, in just a few amount of races. And then you, you know, turn around and you look at um, uh, Instant Coffee. Uh, he's got 32 points. Uh, he's made uh, 235000 So, you know, it, it's really uh, kind of a thing. What do you do? How do you do it? Uh, you know, it's all about planning, you know, going there, seeing it, have firsthand knowledge of what everybody's doing and how they're doing it. Uh, you know, and that's why I always like to try to hit the sales uh, in the thoroughbreds because you, you like to see potentially some of these well-bred horses, what they do and where they go, kind of like follow them, you know, like you do somebody on uh, on Facebook. And um, I tell you, uh, a lot of those horses itself are a million or $2 million at the sale. You don't see them very much, uh, you know, and it's all low profile. They're here and there. And, and then, you know, after they get that big price put on them, the pressure's really on. And, and if it doesn't work, then, uh, you know, it doesn't work. And that's what, what I, I'd say. You never can tell it's a horse race. They don't know how much they were sold for when they get in that gate. They don't know who owns them. Uh, they don't know anything. You know, they're all a horse when they get in the gate. You know, they're not saying, oh, well, you know, get away from me. They only paid 200000 for you, and they paid 800000 for me. And uh, so um, uh, I, I'm excited to see the end of the well, the middle of the season pickup, uh, you might say. Um, that's what I'm looking forward to. Because like I said, we were talking this morning, early this morning, and we said, it's half over. It's half over already. What are we going to do? You know, how do we plan that out? You know, here we're expecting more winter weather and all kinds of different things, you know, to it. You know, it's just really tough. You know, there's so much information you have to take in. Um, you know, like here today, um, we had a lot of things going on here at the farm, so I got a little bit behind, and, you know, I'm trying to figure out what's going on and um, start talking about, you know, the horses and, you know, do I really want to get technical on a lot of statistics, you know, and all like that. And so kind of blew that off halfway when for show first started, you know. And, and so now I'm starting to think about um, – you know, uh, how we can get more exact, uh, more perfect on every show coming up, you know, more statistics. Uh, you know, I could bore you to death with statistics, uh, you know, but it, it, the statistics in the horse business for the most part really don't pan out. They really don't because, uh, you, you know, you get out there and you start looking at odds, for example, on a horse, um, some people bet a lot of money on the horse and their odds come down. Some people don't bet a lot of money on the horse and they go up. And, um, you know, what I'm trying to say is, is that all the statistical information that we have really is for naught. Because if there was a system that, that you could say, okay, I've evaluated this horse, this horse, and this horse, and put in all the information, and we're going to see exactly how he runs, you know, if he runs true to form, as they say, and the true to form, not meaning of the horse, 
but true to form of the betting angle of it. And, and I remember they came out with a computer about 30 years ago, and it was so funny. You had to sit down on a small little, uh, it was like a remote control type thing. Um, and you put in information on the horses that were running in a particular race. And once you got that information put in, uh, it would it would uh, take all that ima- uh, information, evaluate it, and it would say, okay, these top four horses should win. You know, I, a friend of mine had one of those. And she got rid of it about 30 days after she had it. You know, she said, because too many things, you know, uh, weren't factored in, like the weather, uh, you know, was a big one, uh, about the, the, the crowd, uh, you know, about the just the whole general uh, aspect of, of the racing end of it. And so I told her, I said, you spent $100 for that? She said, well, they said it works. And I said... Has it ever worked? And she said a couple of times. She said, but other than that, she said, no. You know, it's just information that I can get out of the racing form, you know, or the show guides. And so I I just laughed and laughed and laughed, you know, at her. And that's what we're going through now here, trying to find a a format here on IEN and how they get there to, um, uh, you know, give to to our, uh, you know, to any listeners that we might have and everything. So what I'm going to do, uh, next week, uh, we're going to devote uh, 30 minutes to how they get there, and we're going to go in depth to the top five horses of, the, of next week. Uh, we'll know uh, more about uh, after the racing, the stake racing this week, and so we'll be cutting down to about uh, 20 of their top horses, um, 15 to 20 of them. And so we're going to. Uh, I'm working on a, a formula of you know that, that we can compare the horses that are running you know, uh, for the derby points, uh, uh, how often they were working, where they worked at, who was riding them, that type of thing. And just trying to get a general idea, you know, and see if anything that we come up with uh, might be a, a good lead, um, you know, who might win and everything. So, um, uh, you know, I'm excited about that. And I'm just wondering how many show horses we're going to have uh, coming out of out of these uh, races this summer, I'm uh, going to have a bunch of them, and uh, maybe we'll have over a hundred horse shows in Florida next year for thoroughbreds instead of 98 like we're going to have this year. And also, um, well, it was good rambling on. I had a long day here. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things that we could talk about uh, coming up. It's going to be interesting. Uh, remember, just um, go to the TV uh, guides. And uh, you can see where the horses are racing. And if you're interested, uh, you know, look at them. Or if not, come to our website. Um, tomorrow uh, morning at uh, 11 o'clock is uh, the debut of the new International Equine Network website. Uh, we'll flip the switch tomorrow, and it'll be interactive. And there will be a lot of live racing on there. And, and another thing we'll be doing to have live radio, too. So that'll be tomorrow at 11 o'clock. The new IENTV.org uh, website will be up and running and everything. So it was good talking with you guys today. I rambled on, confused you more than anything. And you know what? Confusion, confusion and doubt picks more winners than anything educated uh, guests that I've ever seen. 
So if you're confused and if you're doubtful about who's going to win, just pick the number you like, the color of the horse, and you'll win. Have a great week, and we'll see you next week on the International Equine Report.